just want to thank everyone out there who's showed their support towards the podcast. It's been absolutely amazing. And if you've got any mates out there who've uh, got a few proper true yarns and uh, or someone who you know who's a mad dog who might want to come on and spin a few to us, uh, send it through. And uh, if you do one favour for me that would be absolutely incredible, click on the proper true yarn podcast, go to your settings of that and uh, hit auto download because we all know how uh, terrible the phone service in Australia is and I hate the old episode be cut short due to um, terrible phone service. So if you get that auto downloaded, um, we'll be all good to go and there'll be no interruptions. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Did that really fucking happen? This ripper bloke called Knuckles, some call him the big knuck, spinning stories tall and true that'll make you say, holy fuck, the cities to the outback on the highway or the farm, crack a cold one with Knuckles and tell us a proper true yarn. Well, welcome to the Proper True Yarn Podcast, a show at which we extract the wildest and the best yarns from the best people around the world. Here in the studio today, I'm very fortunate to have... Uh, my main man Zach on the on the switch. I've got his uncle sitting beside me, Big Donny. Don, the, the king of the north, they call him. Oh, <laughs> no, I don't know about that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> mate, um, I hear uh, you, you've got a few proper true yarns for us to tell. Zach says uh, you're one of his favourite uncles, mate, and you you are the yarnsman of the yarnsman of, the, of his mum's side of the family. Mate, tell us a proper true yarn. Yeah, look, mate, we, um, we lived in uh, my wife and I. Yep. And we had a couple of kids. We lived in uh, in Maryland, in Baltimore, in America there. And um, it was when Obama won the election and he was coming through to do his speech. And same as Abraham Lincoln, they, they come down before he gets a, goes to uh, Washington. He came through Baltimore on the train. And we're in the Muncie building on the 13th floor, our apartment. So we knew that Secret Service were everywhere Everything was locked down. You know, you couldn't drive a vehicle in the in the city anywhere. But we're looking out our window, and we could see him on the at the at the front. But prior to that, we're looking out, and we're looking at all the Secret Service on the top of the buildings with all their rifles and and binoculars, looking around. We thought it was pretty funny, so we're taking photos and carrying on. And I skyped Simone's dad, Jeff, and I said, um, "Mate, you've got to have a look at this on the computer." Hold it up at the window and he goes, oh, it's hard to see. You, you, know, you get a reflection. I went, no worries, mate, undone the window. And I'm showing him out there and next minute these guys are all looking at me and thinking, that's weird. Maybe they're just looking at the building, you know, seeing what's going on. And about ten minutes later, knock at the door and um, my little fella, Shawnee, he would have only been oh, 18 months old, and he's running to the door and I've gone, no, 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 I raced over and, Undone the door, there's this big um, African-American yep. standing there, cop, and he's like had this big jolly look on his face and next minute this Secret Service guy dove in front. I'm assuming it's because if anybody was going to be shooting, <laughs> he was going to get shot. <laughs> and this guy goes, have you got your window open? I went, uh, yeah, mate. He goes, uh, you aren't supposed to have your windows open. We told him at the um, information at the bottom there to make sure everybody had their windows closed. So, well, nobody told us that, mate. And, and, so, and you own this apartment, didn't you? No, sorry, we're no. renting. Oh, you're renting. Yeah, yeah we're yeah, renting. Yeah. Yep. And so he goes, can I come in? Yeah, no worries, mate, go in. And Simone, my wife, is standing there with the computer with it open up with Jeff. As I walk in, I'm looking at his face, yeah. you know, <laughs> and it's just, just the cracker. The Secret Service dude comes in he goes, 
okay, that window there is the one you had open. I said, yeah, you've made a lot of people very nervous. Keep that window closed. <laughs> yeah, right. That, that was just the weirdest thing that ever happened, mate. And all I, all I can remember is Jeff's big smiling face looking at these two guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was just funny, mate, yeah. But you can see to the length of degree that the Yanks go or the Americans go for the protection of definitely of, of their leader. Yeah, you know? yeah. And this is obviously, yeah, he won the election and that, but this is prior to him being so popular too. Yep. But down underneath, like dead set, you you couldn't go anywhere. People, you're getting searched for everything. If you, if we left our building, you got searched. Yeah, wow. Uh, after after the Secret Service left, and they they'd gone out, rung up Grant, Kiwi mate below. He's got his family down there, and I've gone, mate. Um, you wouldn't believe what just happened. He goes, was it the Secret Service came in there? I went, yeah. He goes, oh, I said, how did you know? He said they came through us as well, mate. Yeah, and, right. Um, I went, oh, bullshit. And I said, yeah, yeah, apparently we had our window open and they were, they were very nervous. And he's like, oh, fuck, what are you going to do now? I said, oh, I don't know, mate, maybe grab Shawnee's gun and run through the run through the apartment. <laughs> yeah. He goes, oh, bet you 50 bucks that you wouldn't do that. I went, I was thinking about it, but then I thought that pretty little red dot might be scary. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they just don't give a fuck. No, they, they, they would just, not muck around, mate. No. It would be over, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we look at uh, old Australians' protection. You know, oh, yeah, be, yeah. Elbow does a speech and no one even gives a fuck. No, no, that's exactly <laughs> you it. You know, mate. like it's fucking, yeah. yeah, mate. And what other yarns you got from the States, mate? She's a, oh, I've been there many times, but it's a fucking wild joint. Oh, look, we um, when, when we're over there, we're there just before the, the big collapse. And um, so we bought a place in Vegas, Las Vegas Country Club. And uh, that's where Elvis and all the Rat Pack had uh, had a place in there. Yeah, right. We were two nine nine four Bel Air Drive, dead set, mate. We bought it for next to nothing, eh? Uh, it was so cheap at that time. It was a bit. It really was a collapse. So yeah, we used to go so there. So you bought it little... during the GFC. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. We were actually going to live there, live in America, and um, Las Vegas was more of an investment thing. Yep. We sold our place in Brizzy. That's when we ended up going over. Basically, long term, that's where we were going to live. In Vegas? In, no, no, in America. Actually, we were going to Florida is yep. where we were going to live. But um, then we came back to sell the building in Ingham, a yep. house in Ingham, and my wife's mum got sick and it was like going to be a very quick thing but it lasted for about six years. Holy dooly. And so we ended up finding um, Palm Cove in Cairns. So my wife uh, got a great job at the hospital and we moved up here and um, that was it, mate. Was we, we decided we aren't going back to America. Yep, yep. So we what, end up selling. What were you doing at the time when you wanted to live in America? Uh, Sparky. Oh, Sparky, yeah. Sparky. I, I and you had that looks and brains about you, mate. No, uh, mate, no, no, I don't know about that, mate. Yeah, <laughs> lobotomy, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> our Sparky stick together, mate. you got to look, you'll look after each other. Yeah, yeah. Very different, but over there because black is active and white is neutral. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah Try doing that, mate. And it's all center, center tap 110, isn't it? It is 110. Yeah. You're dead right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's yeah. a bit of a head spin when you first ever see that. You get yeah. to a PowerPoint and you're just willy-nilly going to grab that black one. And, yeah. <laughs> Busca. And no RCD. Really? No, they only have GFIs in a bathroom. Ground force indicator is what they call it. Yeah, right. So it's a very different, um, very different setup, mate. Bit scary. Yeah, it is. Yeah, fuck that. 
And no switches on their PowerPoints. You just plug in, mate. That's it, done. <laughs> so if you're touching that active, it's not so good. Yeah, right. I didn't realise that at all. That's, yeah. that's fucking wild within itself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is, mate. And uh, you know, yarns, any more yarns over there of uh, like electrical fuck-ups or anything you've seen within that gig? Well, well, how long were you sparking over there for? Oh, well, look, that was with kids. Prior to kids, we lived in Bermuda. Bermuda is in between the UK and, and America and uh, it's just a little island. They, they call it a, as a part of the Caribbean but it's not. It's actually very north of the Caribbean. You're out from uh, oh, South Carolina, yep. directly out. Yeah, we lived there for like four years, the wife and I. Yep. That's where I first ever learned about the black and the white with the um, actives. But um, we really enjoyed that, mate. That was, that was a pretty cool place to live. Yeah. And what's the population of Bermuda? Uh, at that time, Bermuda was, yeah, it's around 14 square kilometres. Yeah. All up. And it's 68,000 people used to live there. Yeah, right. Uh, most of it's foreign. Uh, most, you know, Bermudians are their own country. But because um, it's tax-free, there's a lot of insurance companies base themselves there. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And, and it's the Bermuda Triangle? Like it is. That's, that's it's a point of Bermuda Triangle, yeah. yeah. And, and, mate, you hear this, all this stuff about the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle and everything. Have you anything true to it, you reckon, or what's the go? Like, what, uh, what? Nothing I've seen, mate. Yeah, no, no. no. But no. Um, it's, yeah, look, you do hear stories and when you're there you hear all these stories, you know, all these planes that have gone down and boats that are sunk and other boats that haven't got people left on them and you're going, well, maybe it was a good wave, you know what I mean, and everybody's looking over the side. But yeah. Yeah, really don't know, mate. Yeah. And what drew you to Bermuda? Like what? Uh, basically we were young yeah. and money. It was it was really good money, mate. So, yeah, bit of travel. So yep. Yeah, nice. The wife and I loved it because we used to get this um, One World ticket. I don't know if you've heard of them, with Qantas, with American and British Airways and all these others. We used to get one of them, well, sometimes twice a year. And they last for a, they used to last for a year and you could go to like five or six continents and have so many stops on each continent. So we'd go through America and then go, Bermuda was classed as a, one of the stops in America. Then you could go down to South America if you want and shoot across to Africa, but it's all within the same in the same ticket. Yeah, wow. And you've got 12 months to use it, but you have so many stops and you can only go one way, so you can't go back. Okay. Yeah, we used to really enjoy that, mate. So we went through Africa and stuff as well. And Any yeah. fucking mad yarns from Africa? Probably one of the scariest ones we had. We were supposed to be on a big um, safari with all these other people and the others pulled out. Yeah, we didn't know them. It was from, a, I think they were uh, German or whatever, the other people. So it was basically Simone and myself going to this um, Masai Mara and you're driving from Nairobi out there. It's a pretty long way and, you know, when we first got down this long range which seemed to go forever, you get out to these plains and you could see like an antelope way out in the distance, like pull up, pull up, and we're at the top of the roof taking photos but you're trying to zoom right in because they're way out. And they're just looking at us going like, uh, we're not there. <laughs> and you're going, oh, okay, carry on a bit further. You see a zebra in the distance. It's like, oh, zooming out. It's like, still not there, right? It's like, okay. Anyway, get there. And all it was when you go into the Masomara is basically there's two big doors going into it and there's no gates or fences or anything. 
and they it's always seems to be open. You drive in, and then all of a sudden there's animals everywhere, mate. There was bloody whatever you could see. The only thing we didn't find was um, leopards. Yeah, right. That's the only thing we didn't see when we we're out there. Elephants everywhere, bloody um, these rhinos. We seen um, cheetahs with a with a fresh kill. It was pretty wild to see. But and then we're in their camp. So with our camp to stay in the Masamara, I don't think very many are allowed to do that. So we're across on the other side of the river. And um, you go through and that's all open, then it's fine. That's where permanent camp set up. First night there and it's like, oh, awesome. They tell you don't take alcohol to give to the locals. The locals cannot have alcohol. So I had beers and I had a, a bottle of scotch. So we had our dinner, go back to this tent and, yeah, the dunnies are like a thunderbox way over. They weren't a thunderbox but they set up like a thunderbox. So I was sitting there, went over to Dunny's. Simone wanted me to come with her because pitch black and come back again, sit down in the tent. Next to me we heard a lion roar. It's just like, what the hell? That doesn't sound long, far away. And we got these two blokes, one's a driver, the other one's a cook with us. What the hell's going on here? And Simone goes, I'm a bit scared. I said, oh, I am too. The bottle of scotch just got cracked. And I went, well, I'm not going sober. And I was into the, into the scotch. And uh, anyway, we passed out the next morning, seen the cook and he goes, oh, did you hear the line last night? I said, yeah. He goes, it's all right because all the Maasai people are around the, the perimeter keeping an eye on us all night. I went, did not see a person. And then he just, Mumu was his name, the cook. He goes, oh, whatever he said. And all of a sudden they all come walking out of nowhere, mate. Did not have a clue that they were there, all these people. Anyway... It was our third day there. Every day you're just going into the park and looking at animals. And it, it's wild, mate. It's so amazing because they're right around you. But third and, day and there. You, and you were in a caged no, vehicle? No, no, no. Just in a, a in a Land Rover yep. with an open top. It's all yeah, open right. at the top so you can stand up at the top. And, you know, to be honest, any animal could come through the top of that vehicle if they wanted. Even one time there, Simone and I were sitting up on top so your whole body's basically out of the vehicle and the pride of lions were walking around us. And um, Simone was scared. Like, they're not even looking at us. Like they don't see us as anything. And it was huge as they were coming around and, um, yeah, it's not like something that they want to attack. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wow. But, yeah, anyway, our third day there, they said, right, jump in the vehicle, we're going. So we're driving to the park again, just driving along, driving for a long way. Nobody said anything. Simone and I are going, where are we? What's going on? And all of a sudden we pull up. There's this huge, big, bloody African dude there in jungle greens with a bloody machine gun standing there on the side of the road. Sorry, track, not a road. I've just looked at Simone going, well, this ain't good. And she's looked at me going, what's going on, and the old mate jumps in the vehicle beside us. Nobody's saying a thing to us in the back seat right beside us. Nobody has said a thing to us. And we're going, right, and off they go driving again, thinking, well, you know, this could be really bad. <laughs> and probably about ten minutes later they pull up and they're right, use, use her out with him. And we're going, all right, this is not good. <laughs> and he was a monster, this dude. And anyway, we get out. 
and he goes, he's sort of pointing, look, do, do, do. And he start walking over and looking at the river and there's all the all the um, hippopotamus. Yeah. In the river they have to have somebody with a gun there because the hippos are so dangerous. Wow. That was, uh, but I wish they would have told us. Could have, could have yeah. told you. Yeah. <laughs> Taking in the river to blow you away. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> so we that get would have been so daunting. That Not, was scary. Yeah. yeah, yeah and was. how far did you have to walk before the river that you're thinking? Oh, mate, I reckon it would have been a good 50 metres. Yeah. And the whole time you're thinking, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, wow. Yeah. If the old mate would have just said, oh, look, you're fine, we're just going to yeah, take you. You're fine, we're just going to see a couple of hippos over Yeah, 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 you're right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it was very different, that. And, mate, what would you say the most amazing animal you've seen over there or, or that actually or something happened within that park? You go, holy fucking hell, like... Yeah, this is truly incredible, mate. I would say the cheetahs with that with that live kill. Yeah, mum's obviously killed the the wildebeest, and it was dead beside us, right at the vehicle. We drove up to it, and the little ones were into it. Like, yeah, and you could hear. We got it on video. Like you can hear the cracking of the bones as they're hitting the bones. Oh wow! It was um, pretty different. Yeah. Fucking hell, that's un- that's unbelievable. It was cool, but yeah. Yeah, right. And you, did you get to pop any animals over there yourself? Or? Oh, no, mate, no. Nah. <laughs> I would love to, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. it was not. Wasn't it? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Allergic to guns. Yeah, right, okay, fair enough. got a story about that too. Okay, well, tell us the proper true yarn about that. Well, when we're living in, in Baltimore, well, we left um, Baltimore, we moved out into the county at uh, Cockeysville, we're, our next door neighbours, Jen and Sean, great people. Just met them and, you know, we had had drinks with them. It was probably a third week there, we're having a big party over their place and they said, oh, the snowstorm's coming. I went, oh, snowstorm? Was it? How much snow do you normally get? And Sean says to me, oh, between six to eight inches for the year. I went, oh, that doesn't seem like much. That would be all right. He goes, yeah, 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 she's right. Anyway, through the night, it just came down like unreal. We had 16 inches of snow and through the night, three times I had to get up and just keep opening the door and shoveling out. Otherwise, you'd just get locked in. And uh, looked over at Sean. They weren't that far away, their house. And I said, mate, um, I thought you said six to eight inches. We won't get any more. We had 78 inches of snow that year. That was 2010. Holy shit. Yeah, mate, that was pretty wild. Well, 2009, 2010, yeah. Yeah. Bloody hell. Planning and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? 
we wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.